getting bulky. Getting bulky? Have we talked about that? I think that we should recircle back to getting bulky at least one minute of every episode we air. Same. I've had I've had a f- three or four people within the last probably two or so weeks mention that they they did not want to get bulky. Yeah. And my response to them is don't worry, that's that's none of our, our clients' goals, so that's that's not what we program for. Like that's that's not something that that is our goal for people. We just want to help people move better, feel better, like strong happy healthy. Yeah, exactly. But I think I think there needs to be I don't know, a conversation on why what we do doesn't lead to that. Because I think people people hear that but then they still have that that fear, like if if I lift weights too much or like too hard, I'm just I'm gonna beef up. I wanna preface the things that I'm about to say, mostly to you, Matt, to let you know that there's a good chance you'll have to edit a lot of this. Okay. <laughs> uh, because this is a topic I'm very so that was the first edit, and that had absolutely nothing to do with anything that I said or didn't say. <laughs> so that's good. We got uh, that. Yeah. Okay, got so what, what were you going to say? Well, here's the thing. I'm very passionate about people talking about getting bulky because there's a couple things. There's a couple things wrong with that statement in the first place. One is that if you're spending time in the gym and you're even touching a weight, like the goal should be to increase strength, increase muscular density which is just fancy for build muscle. However, as a natural human being, as a non-enhanced, non-steroidal human being, that's doing everything perfectly, living a very low stress life, which I know all of us in Cary, Illinois, absolutely have very low stress lives. Um, sleeping eight to nine hours a day, which everyone does, absolutely, even our, our 5.15 a.m. clients, 100%, they're definitely sleeping nine hours a day. They're in bed by um, seven o'clock. Yeah, absolutely, yes, I know. They have, they have, nobody has a life. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Nobody's busy. Um, so low stress life, eating nearly optimally with very few deviations. Um, already at a very low body fat percentage, very healthy body fat percentage, completely stable in a normal body fat percentage range. And then doing everything in their power to train effectively might be able to gain like six pounds a year, maybe. And I think we're probably talking about like mid 20s, early 30s people in that, in that range. Um, so age kind of works against you, uh, all of the other things that I talked about work against you. So really it's the whole point, all this to say is it's very freaking hard to build muscle in the first place. The other thing is that for people who are attempting to add bulk, add mass, like it's kind of insulting to them. I don't want to get bulky. Well, like, and then you point to the person that you don't want to look like the amount of times that I've had someone in a console be like, well, I do want to work out. I don't want to look like you. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, and we'll stop you right before that point, right? Right before that point, we'll stop you. Like, like we wake up and you're like, you know what? Tomorrow, I think if I touch some weights, I'm going to look a way I don't want to look. Cool. We just won't do that anymore. We'll stop. But the reality with that is that it just doesn't happen that way. It takes a lot of freaking time, a lot of effort, a lot of concentrated effort and energy. Um, you can have like a, like be predisposed to having a high level of muscle mass and maybe you don't like how that looks, which is okay. And then there's definitely things that we can do. But if your goal is to just move around better, look good, feel good, have good posture, like you should be aiming to build muscle because you're not going to do it at a rate that's so, it's so painstakingly slow, right? Like it's so slow that even if you 
even if you decided like, yes, I, like, I, I want to build as much muscle as I can, it's still going to take you a freaking long time. Come to Relentless and ask any of those guys how freaking hard it is. Uh, ask you how hard it is, right? right yeah. Like you didn't accidentally put out a bunch of mass. Like Caitlin having – being uh, genetically predisposed to having like broader shoulders and having like the ability to have powerful legs easier than other people and being fairly young and being able to do that, it's still freaking hard. Like it's not easy to do, right? There's very few people that are just like, you know what? I woke up one day and I was too goddamn big. It just doesn't happen. As a matter of fact, it's way easier. Like, go go have a bad like go on a vacation and all you can eat or all you can, all you can eat all inclusive vacation for a week and then come back and weigh yourself and tell me like how easy it is to get bulky that way versus getting bulky muscularly. The other problem I have with this is that when when we're talking about it, like our goal should be to be a normal body weight, right? A normal body weight with a normal body fat percentage. Um, with an appreciable amount of muscle to move your body around, to not have to worry, like to micromanage everything, to integrate fitness into your life, to not have to worry about, shit, I forgot about that 5K I said I'd do with my family, I might die. To not have to worry about like, am I gonna get hurt if I do this mud run or am I gonna get hurt if I have to like, I see my grandkid running in the street and I have to run after them and I, am I gonna have to spend the next eight months rehabbing a, a torn hamstring? Um, all those things can be accomplished through strength training. And if a byproduct of that is that you gain a muscle, a pound of muscle or two a year, that's not a bad thing because you're going to lose it after pretty much after 30, you start losing one to two pounds a year of muscle anyways. Like you just continue to atrophy until you wither away unless you do something to stop it. So most of the muscle that people are gaining anyways, uh, especially our clientele, that is like our average demographic is 40 to 60, right? So, so those people are people are losing that muscle. Like all we're doing is helping them regain the muscle they probably had when they were 30. Right. And and maybe if they hadn't if they didn't have a good amount of muscle mass then then maybe the muscle that would have been optimal for them to have at 30. All that's all we're doing. It just reverses aging a little bit and and it helps make it easier to eat the right amount of food when you have the right amount of of composition to be able to do that and there's really no negatives to it. Um now the only negative I will say is that if you are genetically predisposed to gaining muscle very easily and you have an excess amount of body fat and you don't do anything to lose the body fat, you're still in a, in a caloric surplus, you're still overeating, uh, and you build muscle below body fat, like it will make you look bigger, but it's right. definitely not the muscle making you look bigger. Right. right. It has nothing to do with that. It still has to do with like, with the level of body fat that you have, the percentage of body fat that you have, and the fact that you're eating in a caloric surplus for growth. Now what, like what's growing is just different. Had you not been working out, at the time that you were eating in that caloric surplus, you would have just gained body fat. So if you had to choose between the two of them, there's really just, that's that's the whole thing. There's just never a downside to it, right? You know, if, if so, but I mean, there are a few. We have very few sp- certain cases, special cases where I would say it does make a difference. Where you have somebody that that is actually a, like on, a, on the leaner side of normal, so you know, almost at like the under underweight for body fat percentage, and they have been working out for years. And those people, I think, can absolutely if they want to say like, hey. Like, I don't really want my shoulders to get any bigger. I don't want, like, th- that makes sense because, we're, like, that's a controllable factor that we can kind of reprogram about. And then that's, the, but that's the only time, right? And it's not going to be like, hey, today I woke up and, like, I'm way too freaking jacked. Like, right. not a chance. It can't happen, right? Um, but it could be like, hey, I, like, I noticed that over the last six months, like, my arms have gotten bigger. I really like how they are now, but I do not want them to grow anymore. Then there's things that we can change in the program, absolutely. But if you're not one of those people, then really it's in your best interest to just lift, get stronger work on cardio and team and work on monitoring your intake in the kitchen and that your body will look the way that you want it to look. That's all. Pretty well said. Hopefully you don't have to edit too much of that. No, I think that's pretty good. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, I don't think so. 
I was just I was just kind of listening to you that whole time. Yeah. <laughs> it was all available. You were you were just cooking, so because it, because the the thing is with that is it just it's an illogical approach to something that doesn't need to have like that much emotion into it. Like it does, there's no there's absolutely no need to to fear that because it just right. doesn't happen. Well, and I think I think that's part of it is that it is such an emotional thing, and that people people just don't know how difficult it is, and I think that's just part of the fact that there's so much misinformation. Yeah. like very easily available where like people come out with programs or supplements where they're like put on 10 pounds of lean muscle in five weeks and it's like you like you cannot do that <laughs> so then people think well, if i work out too hard over this next year again they don't have that real realistic expectation like you said where even if you have everything dialed in like maybe six pounds tops you could put on so it's this it's this fear that is like kind of propagated by the fact that so many people are trying to sell something that isn't like realistic and then people think like oh if I'm if I'm putting in work at the gym like if I work harder like I'm gonna build a ton of muscle so I think it's like you said it's a big emotional thing and then it's it's pushed by just a lack of good information that's out there so hopefully this can help like educate people a little bit on that too yeah, and and I think and I I'm trying to circle back to all the the mini rant that I went on with that because one thing that you said was really was really important about it's not that you can't get bald because here's the thing too like working out does increase muscle mass which Correct. depending on the way that you look at that does mean that you could get bulkier to say that you can't or that that's not what it's for is a lie because right. because the problem is, is like there are there are plenty of people who are trying to do that who come in and they are under muscle who come in and they do have posture defects that need muscle to be able to hold them up in the right position that have injuries that they're trying to recover from and have atrophied and it, it absolutely it's like strength training is for that it's just that it right. can't happen at the rate that people think it can happen at exactly and, and if it does happen at that rate for you even as fast as humanly possible it's still so freaking slow that we can mitigate it and course correct Without being like waking up and being like, oh shit, I am hulked out. Like I, that's it. Right. And uh, and I, I think that that's like the most important part for people to remember is that yes, lifting weights will increase your muscle mass. It just happens at a rate so painstakingly slow. You can get so much stronger than you can get big. Right. Like that's another thing too. So why would you not? Why would you not explore that part of your of your abilities? You know, I'm not saying that you have to want to pick up a hundred pound. Uh, dumbbell and goblet squat or you have to want to like, get on the deadlift board of 220 that doesn't I don't I don't care about that at all but if you're doing 90 why not aim for 100 and if you're doing 100 why not in a month or two aim for 110 like, there should be a level of progression because that's how you're going to keep challenging first of all challenging your mind and then challenging your body to get better and yeah like very very slowly you know 0.3 pounds a month maybe you might add a little bit of mass and that's okay um but I think it's just important to remember that it's just not it just can't happen at the rate that people believe it can exactly we've got the option to i think the best time to start recording ads is when we have more than one million views i mean and listens or one hundredth of the way there what is that a thousand i think it's a ten thousand right and i think we're one thousandth of the way there well, one thousandth because one thousand times one thousand right is it <clears throat> yeah so so I think when we get to okay, fine. It doesn't have to be a million. When we get to ten thousand, okay, I'm cool with that. But also on the flip side, that means that people have listened to us ten thousand times. 
I just feel bad for anyone that had to do that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I'm sorry that you have nothing better to do with your time. I'm also very grateful that you have nothing better to do with your time. And hopefully there are some nuggets of either wisdom or entertainment that come from listening to these we, ramblings. We say one or two good things in episode. Yeah, but I feel like that's most podcasts. We were listening to a podcast on the way home, Mark and I, from your bachelor party. And it was, uh, I think it was like my favorite murder or something like I've that. I've heard of it. I've never listened to it. Yeah. And well, he, list, he said he had listened to like one of their first ones and it was, he's like, it was just, just trash. Like it was just <laughs> like people talking about nothing. And I'm like, well, that's most podcasts. He's like, yeah, but you're trying to get something out of it. So we tried listening to a more recent one and it was significantly better. So really nowhere to go but up from here, man. There we go. You know, like who knows? Maybe we'll start citing some articles in, in these podcasts. <laughs> no. No. no, no. <laughs> No sighting in a podcast. So what would be your preferred uh, company to get an ad on, on the Edge Outworker oh, podcast? That's a good question. Lululemon. Lululemon? Yeah. Nice. It's very on brand. Although I feel like that advertisement works better in a visual medium. I think it only works in a visual medium. Yeah. You can't really, what am I going to do, explain how the pants look? Yeah, because we're like we're literally talking about a company that spends like multi million dollars on creating the right bag for people to take their stuff home. I'm, it's a very visual. I'm gonna cut this part out of the the episode so we don't give them any free advertising. Okay. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. I'll send this part to them and let them know what they're missing out on. Is it bad that as soon as you said I'm gonna cut that I was like, what the hell did I just say that needs to get cut now? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so good. No, we're safe so far. All right, good. We got it. Trying to keep it PG thirteen. We got time still. That's true. This is gonna be a short one though. We're not really gonna be talking about a ton. Just gonna be about one specific thing. That's true. The deadlift board. The deadlift board. The deadlift board. It's a cool board. Everybody always asks about it. They're like, "What is that thing?" For those of you who are unsure of what we're talking about, it's the big black board in the middle of the gym with the bell hanging on it, with all the, the signatures on it. Yeah, and so I guess I should probably be the person to start off with what that is, even though you explained what it is and where it is in the gym. <laughs> um, so basically, when when Edge first started, we definitely trained a lot more athletes, and our our training modality was definitely even more on like the strength spectrum of things. I think compared to what people are used to, we still probably are more on like the strength training spectrum, and that's just because that's what's optimal for most people as long as they like it. Uh, and that's just what we do. So the, the deadlift board was actually a, a deadlift platform. So we had actually built a specific spot in the gym, one spot, which makes no sense <laughs> thinking about this way back then, uh, to be able to, to have like specific deadlifts. So we weren't breaking the floor. The, the concrete in the first gym was really fragile. We broke it a lot. Okay. So like weights dropping on it was just no good. And at the time, because it was much more of like a, a slanted towards a strength training type gym, it was like people would break the floor. I mean, there was a lot of weight on, on the barbells. People would slam it. It was just different. It was a very different culture than what we have now. Um, I think that this is definitely a better, better culture. <laughs> but like, but there's still, you know, and it's one of those things where, and where when you look back on the things that you do and that you have done in your past and in the past with the business in general, you get 
you there's part of you that's almost like embarrassed for the things that you've done where you're like oh man how did that happen but <laughs> but but on the flip side and that's really hard because you, you don't so then you don't really get like what is it retrospective like you don't really like look at the at the past with anything other than like oh man that's embarrassing right right but on the flip side is I would much rather look at my past and be like that was embarrassing so I can learn from it and hopefully right. do better and be better than uh, then to get stuck in this like self-defeating prophecy of just oh I can't look at the past because that was embarrassing so let's not move forward like it doesn't make sense so right so one of the things that so this is kind of like a nod of the hat to that in in that it's a it's really one of the only remaining things from the first gym that's in this gym I think we have these and then the the step up boxes that my dad built like eight years ago so um, which is cool also interestingly enough. Uh, kind of a cool story about, about boxes like that. So the first Athletico was, that was ever open, the physical therapy um, chain, the franchise, okay. chain, chain, whatever it is, um, the first one that was ever built, like it was, it was kind of bootstrapped, very similar to how, how Edge was bootstrapped. And his, the, the owner's dad built the boxes and in every Athletico since then, he has built the boxes. Really? Yeah, I don't know that's if, that's, cool. if that's changed at all or if it's been the same the entire time. But yeah, that's been like, that's kind of like one of their, so I just think that's a cool story. Um, that is cool. And so, but that's, that's kind of what the deadlift board is to add, right? It's kind of a nod of, a nod of the hat and like a recognition of like where we've been, where we've gone and where we're at now. And the, it's really quite simple. It was a deadlift platform. That's where you stood to do your deadlifts and not break the ground. And then when we, when we moved and we didn't take that width, we wanted to still kind of have like a little bit of a, of like a nostalgic type feel to what, what we have going on both the second location and then our third and final location. And what we did is uh, we made it just kind of gamified, right? So it's, a, it's an accomplishment board effectively. So to get on the board, if you're a, if you're a man, you have to deadlift at 405. And if you're a woman, you have to deadlift at 225. And both of those are, <coughs> both of those are very achievable, but also extremely difficult. If anything, I think probably the, the guy's number is probably harder, <laughs> harder to hit. Probably, I think yeah. just in terms of absolute strength compared to what people's goals are in here. Yeah. Um, because you have to, I think a lot of our ladies are, are badass and can hit 225 um, for just a rep. It doesn't have to, you know, people ask how many, just one, what bar, I don't care. Like it does not matter. You know, it used to be, oh, you have to use a straight bar. And again, just like growing into what we are now is just, no, you just have to be able to pick up that much weight from the ground and then put it back down. And that's right. it. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Um, I mean, cause that's crazy enough in and of itself. It's super impressive. And especially because we don't focus on that right now. It's not a thing that we're like, oh, we're going to get someone to that. It's just a byproduct of consistency. Right. So it recognizes that too. Like all the people that have signed that, like they didn't just like walk in and were able to do it. I mean, a few people probably like just total ridiculous badasses. Um, but most people have to work pretty hard to, to hit that accomplishment. And so it's just a way like now they're permanently part of it. Um, another thing that I stole from one of my uh, mentors and business coaches too is like to not fall in love with memberships but members and I think that's also cool because it's like we're not we're not like whiting out or blacking out those <laughs> after they're not here like they're so they're always permanently part of I'm grateful to have met the people that we've met whether they're with with us uh, or not I think not being upset about them being gone and just being happy for the time that we had together is like a, a pretty big part of what what we do here so I think it's I think it's important to kind of remember remember that and commemorate that and that's also why we have the bell too, because we realize that not every record is going to be a about deadlift, b a specific 
you know, total number. Right. Um, and then see that it's, it's not always about necessarily even things that happen in the gym that you're like, in a specific session. It could just be that, you know, you had a horrible day at work and you actually made the, made the freaking session and like that you never would have done two years ago or six months ago or whatever it was. Um, and just a little way of just letting people know like, Hey, I did something cool. I'm right. the bell. And it's, and it's a, we call it PR, a personal record bell. And that sits next to the, uh, or actually on top of the deadlift board, just to be able to just help people realize that, <clears throat> yes, it is about uh, actually improving and hitting some sort of number that's kind of a, like a very high, but a, but a standard, nonetheless, of, of competency and your strength and your ability to move your you know certain weights around. But also, like, anything you do can be an accomplishment and right. should be celebrated. Uh, which is something that eat, which is so strange that it's something that I'm pretty good at here because it's something that I actually struggle with internally a lot and to be able to help people with that in just like their day-to-day lives. Because it's weird because it's like if you don't ever talk about something that's positive or like give people pats on the back or especially give yourself a pat on the back, like, oh, you're a negative person. But if you do it all the time or you do it too much or you do it too loud, like you're flamboyant or you're right. arrogant or you're, so you're fucked basically, <laughs> basically no matter what you do. Right. So it's, it's, it's about helping people strike that balance because especially in here, I think people are so like most people when they come in, they're so afraid, they're so insecure. Most people that are listening to this or that, that have seen our Facebook posts or have seen an ad or have heard of a friend there, like they automatically disqualify themselves as to not being able to be part of what we're doing here anyways, which is, which sucks. It, like, to be honest, like that, like that sucks. Like it sucks that before someone even gives this a shot and before someone even realizes like that we are or not for them, they've already disqualified themselves as like identifying as a person that doesn't do something like this. Like people right. like me don't do things like this. And that's, it's really not the case. And so I think once they're in here, giving them that reason to celebrate, whether it's, whether it's really a huge accomplishment, like, you know, picking up 225 pounds or um, a not as big accomplishment, but for you, like the best accomplishment you've done, whether that's right. your first, your first push up or your first set of 10 kneeling push ups, or like, it doesn't have to, like, it doesn't matter if it's more than you've ever done, like ring the goddamn bell and celebrate it. People around you will celebrate it. And then you move on. It's not, right. it's not, it's there for everybody. It's not there for just one person. Right. So, and I think that that's culturally something that, um, I've really grown to appreciate about this place is that it allows for people to to grow at their own pace, but to like, con- kind of constantly be pressured to grow a little bit and get outside of your yeah. comfort zone and continue to do better and for that to be celebrated, but not um, not like the central focus of, of what every single day needs to be about. Right. Just because you don't hit a certain standard, like you said, doesn't negate you setting like a new record or achieving something you couldn't achieve before. Like your personal best is still your personal best and it should be celebrated. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, I think allowing people to like the space to explore that is really yeah. important because there's really not a lot of space to explore that. And like how many times you get promoted in your, in your job or how many times you have like a big celebration of something that you've done and then, and then it all of a sudden you're, you're supposed to, do those things like to, to positively kind of motivate yourself and your brain and the people around you and and there's not opportunities to so just giving people and paving that opportunity I think has been um, really cool and unique to see people flourish without it being this crazy competitive like I have to do better than the other person type thing right yeah it's like the internal competition yeah to, just to be a little bit better absolutely which is kind of the whole kind of the whole point of this place I guess <laughs> yeah no no definitely <laughs> Definitely is, and I think, 
And I think sometimes that that's something that honestly we could do even a better job of just like this might be the first time someone's heard about that, right? Right. Because it's, it's for us, it's like we know about it, but yeah, well, I, I made the, the thing. Right. And I put it on the wall a couple of times. Like I, I, so yeah, obviously like, you know, your name's up on there. It was been on, it's been on there. Like it, so, um, so, you know, like having, having that level of, uh, kind of like being so close to it and not being able to, to explain that to people, I think is a really good opportunity to kind of hopefully shed some light on what the weird semi-gaudy looking board on, <laughs> on the otherwise very nice clean walls actually is. So It's the, the least bougie thing in the gym. Yeah, but somehow it adds to it, I think. It does. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I'm setting a process goal for you. You're going to set a process goal for me? Yeah. What is it? It's to put the goddamn phone that way in between so the mic is even for both of us. But to be honest, I'm so much louder than you that if it's pointed towards you, it'll still sound exactly the same. I'll just sit, clo- sit closer to it. This will be better okay. for the listening audience at home. You have a very sleepy voice. They can it's hear. Very soothing. As, well, my voice is partly gone still from the weekend. Yeah, that was that was a fun weekend. It was a fun weekend. It was a good time. A lot of debauchery. Oh, very debaucherous indeed. My shoulder is sore from from throwing zip chips and frisbees and footballs because if you put sixteen guys together, it's not more than three minutes until they start playing catch with something. It is very strange. I don't even it's, really like playing catch or like throwing things in general, but like you get a, it's just like a half circle and it, and it, and it starts with two guys and then all yeah. of a sudden it's a circle every time that, and it's the weirdest thing there were multiple times where that happened where all of a sudden I noticed like we were talking and then all of a sudden we're all in the big game of catch with something that was on the ground <laughs> nearby well and I think they sh- even showed that like that's how even at like a very young age how guys connect like, like kids are like you know like little boys are like oh let's play tag or like let's throw this football or let's do something and um, whereas like little girls start by like complimenting or talking ah. and that and that's still like so which makes sense it's like you know girls go hang out and they just talk and like guys right. are like what do you want to do right and, and i think that's also this is not the topic at all on this <laughs> we were going to talk about but i think it's also why guys typically have like don't they typically have like much higher suicide rates and are way lonelier as a general rule just like, yeah because you you go through like life transitions and lose friends or lose like you know like the lose the value of hanging out with them because you're doing other things and then it's way harder to make friends it's like what do you want to do it's like I don't want to do anything but then why am I going to hang out with someone whereas like you know we can't just hang out and chit chat yeah although I feel like we do that's true but it's but it's more of like an active process to do that yeah you know what I mean where it's like I don't know I feel like guys like to suppress their emotions they don't want to talk about them what's an emotion I don't know no Nice. <laughs> is, that, is that something you can throw? <laughs> you can. Yeah. It, it's like sort of like a boomerang, though. I feel like eventually it comes right back, smacks you in the face. Try to avoid catching those. Yeah, as much as possible. Yeah, but just like... Uh, so maybe it's more like a flu. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's fine. So that's not what we're going to talk about. Uh, so as many of our clients know that we do... Uh, Ideally quarterly, sometimes we have to skip a quarter, but goal setting sessions to just kind of recalibrate, um, refocus and kind of regain sight of like where, like what, what they're doing here. Um, Cause I think that's, you start off, you start off really strong and you have all the motivation in the world and that gets you in the door and then 
we, you know, charm people's pants off, get them all signed up. We've never charmed anyone's pants all the way off, just like their shoes off for the for the medical That's true. And analysis. the socks. And the socks, yeah. But then it stops there. We keep it real PG. Anyways, uh, and, and, you know, so you're all hyped up, you're ready, you're dedicated, you're determined, and then you either hit that goal or you don't, right? Or you work on that goal and then it starts to fade a little bit, or it doesn't fade a little bit, but then it's like you do a really good job and then what do you do next? And so I think implementing the, these kind of recalibrate sessions are, are, it was pivotal in helping people, A, that have been here a longer time and like, I don't really know what I'm doing, I'm just kind of doing it for maintenance. And like, if you know that about yourself, that's awesome. But if you're someone who like needs the next thing, then like that could be something that we definitely talk about and get it going. But what I want to talk about today is how we can set people up for the best level of success coming into those sessions because they're not very long. I mean, we plan for a 15 minute, just a 15 minute discussion. We have the questionnaire that they fill out before. Uh, we're gonna do a Google form this time and then schedule them at the end so that way um, we know that people took the time to fill that out before they even schedule because we had trouble getting the paper handouts in, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Um, or they'd hand it in as they're walking into their session, which is like, we want time to, to play with it, right? To right. look and say like, okay, this is what, it gives us more, it gives us the ability to either ask better, more insightful questions to get the answer, or if that's not what they're looking for, to just give the answer in that time. You know, if we had an hour and a half, that'd be cool with each person and it'd be awesome. Um, it's just probably not realistic. So we need to, to work within the confines. But what are, so basically the, the prompts for this was the difference between setting outcome-based or process-based goals and I kind of wanted to like kind of kick that over to you and just quickly explaining like the difference between the two, why one is better than the other and how we can help people uh, actually come in with the goal of setting a process-based goal uh, in that session. So I think like a good example to break it down without even using like fitness stuff is this year I had a goal to read 52 books, right? So that would be kind of like an outcome-based goal. Whereas if, if I just said my goal is to read 52 books this year, like, okay, but how are, how am I going to do that? Um, so the, the process-based goal to kind of achieve that outcome was to read one book a week and then to even break it down further. It's to make sure that I read for at least five minutes each day. Um, cause basically if, if you just set the big picture goal, you're not giving yourself that like sense of accountability as much as, as more as you're kind of like, just, I want this thing to happen. Whereas the, the process-based goals break down how you're going to do it. And if you do those processes, that end goal will happen. So if you want to just lose 20 pounds, like if that's your goal, okay, but how are you going to do it? But if you're like, I'm going to prep meals on Monday nights when I'm home from work and on Thursday nights, and I'm going to do that every week, then that is something that you can do to actually move towards that goal without just kind of hoping that it happens. And then three months later, it's like, oh, I didn't lose the 20 pounds. Like, I failed. Like, mm -hmm. no, you just didn't set yourself up the best way to do it. Right. That makes perfect sense. And I think, so it's basically just, and people get hung up on this because, no, no, but I do want to lose 20 pounds. Like, no one's saying, like, you, you don't right. want to or that you shouldn't or that shouldn't be a goal. It's just, it's not actionable. Like, exactly. so you're breaking, all you're doing is I like to look at it as reverse engineering the process or like the goal until it becomes a process, until it becomes a roadmap for success, right? If you look at a roadmap and the roadmap said like, here's your destination with no, like no roads, no turns, no directions, no Northeast, Southwest, 
like you would have no fucking clue where you're going. Right. It would just be the destination. And so many of us come in and we're like, this is what I want to do. Here's the destination. But, all right. Like maybe you'll get there. And yeah. some people will. Yeah. But, but a lot more people will if they have all the directions. Yeah, exactly. So then, um, so that's an example. So that's like why, why one's better than the other. That's an example of it. Um, when it comes to like setting process-based goals for what most of our clients are, are in here for, that's actually like one of the biggest reasons like we focus so much on the strong, happy, healthy aspect of this whole journey instead of the, uh, the outcome-based, like, oh, lose 20 pounds or whatever. Like we, we have, it's funny because it's almost hard sometimes when we're doing social media or we're talking about it. It's like, I almost have to actively focus on not talking about successes. Um, not, in, not, not in the way that I'm not trying to highlight people's successes or to let people know like, hey, we actually are pretty damn good at helping people like sustainably lose body fat and keep it off. Because obviously we, we are, but it's just not... First of all, it's not something that I want to promise people because that's not a promise I can make. That's a promise they need to make to themselves and we can help them fulfill. But also, it's there are promises that we can make as long as people continue to show up. Right. right? Like there's like there's some universal things that happen to your body and to your mind when you engage and fully engage in the process of repeatedly doing physical activity that has some sort of progressive nature to it. And that's what we provide. And so that's why we focus on those things. And so, and so I think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that, especially when now your trainer's calling on you and saying, hey, we're going to come in and talk about your goals. So the, the other thing is I think it might be a pressure-based thing. If someone's like, man, I've got 30 pounds to lose. You know what I should tell my trainer? I want to lose 30 pounds. Right. And that is the further – I mean maybe some trainers do. Maybe some coaches do. That's just not us. That's not what we want to hear. Like – I mean, on the flip side, if you know you've got 100 pounds to lose and you don't tell me that like, eventually like, weight loss or fat loss is part of your goal, um, like, I, might, I might gently coax you to that sure. for your overall health and well-being, um, but I'm not going to be like, no, motherfucker, you need to lose 100 pounds. Like, that's never, like, never going to be it. And most of the time, that's not the problem. It's the people who have like, really vanity weight to lose where like, they're in good shape, they move really well, they're physically active, they enjoy life, but they mostly eat really well, but they feel like they could lose some weight. Right. Uh, those are the people I think that come in most of the time and are like, why? Well, I, I need to lose this. And that's cool, but like, let's break it down. So how would you, um, so you gave the one example of like the meal prepping, but like, let's just give like two or three examples of how you might break down if someone were to come in, like, let's say someone ignores this, they don't read, they don't listen to this. They don't do the Google sheet or they do it and they just hit a for everything and they don't even read it and they come in and they're like, I don't lose 20 pounds. Like what, like how would you break that down? You know, we don't have 15 minutes. We're not going to do it then, but how would you break it down in a few minutes or, you know, a few ways of, so we have the meal prep way is the first one. And then one of the other things I talked about recently with someone this morning and then a couple weeks ago uh, was a lot of people who drink their excess calories. So like people who drink soda, um, I, I've encouraged people to switch to carbonated flavored water. No, it's obviously not the same thing, but it's an easy, like no calorie replacement for something that's kind of just, uh, again, like pointless, uh, empty calories. Mm -hmm. And also if you just have that in times where you're feeling hungry, it is helpful for like creating a, like a replacement for a snack that again is good for you and no calorie. Um, another one would be figuring out how people eat on Fridays and Saturdays because that's typically where people struggle. A lot of people that are like, oh, I eat really good. And then you ask them how they eat on Friday and Saturday and it's, oh, you know, go out to the bar, have a couple of drinks, have a couple of slices of pizza. Um, and so having, having some sort of goal to not like 
impose a limit on that, but kind of like getting people to cut back one or two drinks on the weekends or one or two drinks during the week. And then I'm fucking rambling around what to talk about. We'll cut this part out. If we're going to cut this part out, I'd probably suggest something to do with like fitness. (laughs) I guess that's kind of important. And then I'd probably suggest some sort of consistency-based goal in the gym. That was something we used for a lot of people the last time that we did these, uh, like, refocus sessions. And that was really helpful for people. Instead of thinking, like, I want to lose this weight, like, I want to come to the gym three times a week. Just helps break that down and make it easier to to stick along with. And it's not even, like, it... First of all, all of those are great, every one of them. And it's not even easier to do it, it's just possible, right? I can't, right. like no matter what, like no, and short of cutting off exactly 20 pounds of my body, like literally cutting off like an arm and half, like an arm and a half or something, or like half my leg, I'm not gonna lose, I can't guarantee that I lose 20 pounds in a certain time parameter. Like you can do everything right and you might lose 30 and you might lose 14. But if you do everything right, shouldn't you be really happy at the outcome no matter what? Like right. You can look back and be like, hey, most things I, like, not everything, but most things I did, like, it's pretty good. Like, if it didn't work out, okay, well, like, what, like, what's the next step? Or if I just do that again, because it wasn't even that difficult, right? I think in hindsight, it, you realize it probably wasn't as difficult as you made it out to be in the beginning. Sure. But even more so than that, like, you can control, do I, did I work out three times this week? Did I go on a walk for, I never go on a walk? Oh, did I go on a walk for 10 minutes a day, five days a week? Oh, I go on 15 minute walks every day. Did I go on 30 minute walks three of those days? Like, you know, and so on and so forth. Oh, I can only make it to the gym twice a week because my schedule is busy. Great, but you like going on a bike ride with your husband after work? Like, did you do that for 30 minutes twice a week? Like, so it just, did you do these things? And if you did them, like you should never be mad at the outcome because that's how you get to the outcome, right? Right. And then the one thing that I think we don't, and <clears throat> we don't maybe talk about as much as we could or should and obviously because it's it's a difficult thing to talk about in terms of hey I've experienced this level of success what now so the, I, and I think for me and you can jump it on this too for me it being a process-based goal makes it so much more powerful and easy to adjust the process than it does to adjust the outcome because if you're chasing an outcome like this is the worst thing that could happen if you're an outcome-based goal person is for you to hit it because now what do you do Right. Like, like the, because the process of maintaining, even just saying that word, like the, or that sentence, the phrase, the process of maintaining, it is a process. It's not an outcome. Like, how do you maintain? Just do stuff and do that right. forever. So if the way you got there was the same way that you plan on maintaining, like through building a series of processes that allow you to continue to maintain the new XYZ, fill in the blank, whatever it is, whether it's like debt-free or money in your savings account or 20 pounds off your stomach, whatever, it doesn't matter, like whatever the thing is, it, if you got there by focusing on actionable things that you could break down into daily, hourly, weekly, whatever parameters, it'll be easier to be like, okay, now to maintain, I, I can work out twice a week and I can go on two walks a week and I can make sure that I put in one extra drink on a Friday, but not two extra on the Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. Right. And now I'm maintaining. And how do you do just like, oh, maintain 20 pounds weight loss? Like, show me how that goal plays out for the next 70, 50, 40, 50, 60, 70 years of your life. Right. Like, it doesn't play. It just doesn't work. And so if you get there by like the, the wrong means, staying there is almost impossible. Right. And with the process-based goals, it helps create that awareness for what behaviors help cause those outcomes. 
Yeah, no, I think it, I think it definitely does. And um, so I think for all of our workers listening, I think the, the goal setting, we're gonna probably get the Google form out in the next week or so. And then from there, we will have, we'll start setting up session times to be able to meet with uh, one of your coaches and you'll be able to pick who, you, who your preference is. If you have one, if you don't have a preference, then we'll kind of put you with whoever works best with the schedule that we have. Uh, and then we will, we're gonna set up 20 minutes, uh, 20 minute slots, intervals, um, with the goal of keeping it at 15 minutes. And um, we should be looking for that about the end of September, very beginning of October. We'll get those wrapped up in a couple, probably about five or six total days of time. And hopefully we, experience a bunch of success and recalibrate people going into the what is notoriously the hardest time of the year the dreaded holiday season oh boy the six days that equal three months (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's another episode altogether that is yeah we'll talk about that every year because it bears repeating it does anything else to close on i got nothing all right bye